Red Apple Media Podcast Network presents This is Protecting America. Now, here's Emmy-winning journalist Rita Cosby. And welcome to another edition of Protecting America. Some stunning numbers this week released from the CDC that deaths from drug overdoses last year in our nation topped more than 100,000 for the first time in U.S. history. That is a record high, fueled tremendously by the massive influx of fentanyl coming through our own very open and very broken southern border. And while we talk about security there, there's also a massive security concern for our Supreme Court justices after the Roe v. Wade opinion leak and big protests outside of their homes. And joining us now to talk about all of this is retired U.S. Marine Corps gunnery sergeant. She's also ambassador for America First Policy Institute, among many other great things. And joining us now is Gunnery Sergeant Jesse Jane Duff. Great to have you here, Gunny. Oh, I'm so excited to be here. You know, I shouldn't be excited because we're talking about a lot of serious topics. But the fact is, is that it's people like us that are getting the message out there and the American people have to know the truth because we know this White House is sugarcoating everything from sunup to sundown. And if you were to listen to them, there are no problems. And you know what, Gunny, one of the things, as we talked about with border, the Biden administration continues to say no problem with the border. You know, they seem to think that everything is fine. But I think if you listen to the average American, they're very concerned. The border is like the data with the numbers of illegals that have crossed the border. The number of getaways is thousands upon thousands. And these are the folks that they see on camera or who are able to scurry about and get into the United States without being documented and filed. Not that that's making much of a difference, but you hit on some things that are very critical. We're hitting milestones on the deaths of fentanyls overdoses, one of the greatest ways of transporting over our loose border. And we're seeing the great numbers of deaths among Americans. I think they hit a milestone today of one million deaths tied to this fentanyl abuse. It's over the top. Let's not even, there's so many more issues. What about the human trafficking, the women and children? The Biden administration has a humanitarian crisis, but yet they try to display the right as being anti-woman, anti-children, yet what they are doing to these women and children is actually horrific. The data is extremely high that the number of women who are normally sexually assaulted and young children that are often abused, if not also assaulted, then you have the bus loads being and plane loads going throughout the country and being dropped off in everyday communities with probably little or no reporting to the cities themselves, and the accountability is non-existent. Many of the court dates have been pushed out, what, two years? By then, most, if not all, of these people will have dispersed and evaporated into our society to be essentially working American jobs below the radar, which take jobs from hardworking Americans. I mean, the list of complaints I have about this is endless, but the humanitarian crisis is number one. The drug and all trafficking is number two. It's just, it's kind causing death and destruction among our fellow Americans and those illegals who are under the impression that they would have a better life here. You bring up so many great points. First off, the Biden administration continues to say 
no problem. And they don't seem to be wanting to address it. In fact, I mean, the president hasn't even been to the border by all accounts. Are you surprised how much they have dropped the ball on this? And everybody's so worried with Title 42 about to be lifted potentially right around the corner, potentially. Yes, I believe there's how many states are suing the Biden administration to not lift Title 42, which is essentially preventing people from coming over due to COVID. So we were having these massive COVID restrictions within our country, and that enabled us to keep people from coming over. How 2 million still have gotten over last year is beyond me. How they were not sent back is beyond me. But at the end, this is going to now cause a flood of migrants that are actually already stopped at the borders. So we have checkpoints for those that can come through legally, allow themselves to receive. They are no longer able to work in their country or live and work because they become a target of political uprising or they could potentially be assassinated by the current governments in place. The bulk of these people are not experiencing that. To suggest that a bad economy or bad jobs or opportunities in your own country is a reason to come here illegally is not a grounded justification. And when you have people flooding our borders, we are denying the very laws that were in place, that they are essentially supposed to go to the first country, receive that status so that they can wait until they are given an opportunity to have their hearings heard. Instead, they're here in the United States, and we know there's no capability of being able to track down the bulk of these people. I don't understand this White House. You know, why are they dropping this ball? I've never been on board with crazy conspiracy theories and just assuming that people want to destroy this nation or that they want to undermine and get more Democrat voters, so to speak. I felt that those were very highly flawed arguments, only because when you're talking about voters and jobs, they are both parties. And when Americans start losing their jobs because somebody else can get paid, that's going to hurt your reelection. No party can sustain themselves by flooding the country with illegals. So you start questioning the very things that you've heard maybe two, three, four years ago, that it was to undermine the integrity of our own nation. We had all of the opportunity in the world. President Trump left the White House for this administration to at least maintain what was going on at the border, even if they had not finished the wall, which they were so defiantly against, but just had managed and enforced the rules and laws that were already in place. But if you talk to Border Patrol agent, they will tell you that they're not being told to catch and get people that are coming over, that they're being told to process them. Many of those that are the law enforcement types have been distracted with having to administrate a process people. So the borders are not being watched by the very people that are normally the eyes and ears to prevent this type of surge. But this surge is unmanageable, and the tools that Secretary Mayorkas has given them have restricted them, and they have their hands tied. It must be crushing to be a Border Patrol agent and know that you've dedicated yourself to legal immigration versus illegal immigration and to know that everything you're doing is essentially down the drain in a lot of effort and is not being successful. Yeah, the morale of Border Patrol right now, Gunny, is just at an all-time low. They feel so frustrated. And their job is also so dangerous, as we saw, sadly, from, you know, the recently we saw the National Guardsmen who are down there. There's some of them that are helping them lost his life. Oh, gosh. 
What a crushing thing for their family, that he was a noble young man that saw a woman who desperately needed help and jumped into the water to save her, and it only swept him away. And I don't know if you've seen the recent footage. They have now instructed the agents to not go into the water. So if there is a migrant coming over, so to speak, and they're in the water and they are incapable of not drowning, there's nothing they can do for them. I saw video footage of two men, one, both were brothers. They were from deep South America, as I recall, not even Central America, and one drowned. The videotape was right there showing his head come up, one, two, three, that was it, and he was gone. Because they are now being instructed not to get into the water because it now puts lives at risk. This is a humanitarian crisis, and I just cannot for the life of me get my head around how Ocasio-Cortez was so loud and anti-Trump saying that there were kids in cages. Okay, let's say that even her argument was remotely sincere or true because she didn't say squat about President and Obama setting up that system, but let's say it was remotely sincere. She should be doing the loudest and angriest cry for these people that are now suffering at the hands of a humanitarian crisis. The women that are being raped, the women and children that are being trafficked across the borders, the men that are being used as drug mules, the children, the male children that are going to be exploited. There is no happy ending for the bulk of these people. Many are going to get into communities that cannot sustain them. They will have to work under the table. They will often work with people probably in normally a one-bedroom apartment who have up to five, six people. They are not going to be living in conditions that we find are acceptable. Most of the resources in the communities that they are in, this is not a good thing, Ocasio-Cortez. How can you sit there and remain silent when you stood there dramatically at the link fence with your head down? sobbing, dressed all in white, because now you are a flagrant hypocrite. If you're an advocate against human trafficking and against the mistreatment of people, how can you now be silent just because of a change in the White House? It tells me that it was a political motivation, and we now know that you're insincere and it's a false narrative. And as you point out, it is so devastating for those who are taking the route to America. Speaking of people taking the route to America, there was a headline that came out recently that there are a lot of groups that are literally waiting on the other side and waiting for Title 42 should it be lifted. Already those caravans are coming. Haitians are waiting there. We're also seeing reports that tens of thousands of Colombians are also on their way there. And we hadn't seen that in a while, but now it's like 15,000 times Colombians were stopped at the U.S.-Mexico border crossing, and then there's others on the other side waiting for this Title 42 to be lifted. What's your reaction to the fact that they are just basically getting a neon sign, come on in? I'm stunned. And the elections in 2022 can't happen fast enough because, God willing, we will have conservatives that will put a stop to the funding of a lot of these programs that the Biden administration has enabled this to happen. They can put in place enforcement through law that can contradict a lot of these policies that the White House has done willy-nilly. I don't have an answer because this is all fixable, but there is no passion or desire from this White House to fix it. We've seen little or no effort on their part. They've enabled it. I mean, whatever their motives are, it is so disingenuous. 
And so I would just say that the border states have to get more aggressive. His attorney general has to get more aggressive along those states that are being impacted by illegal immigration. They have to have their attorney general sue Biden administration for the costs that have been imposed upon their states with the influx of people that are draining their resources from those jobs that Americans normally would fulfill. We know even under the Trump administration, there was a poultry plant, as I recall. It was in a southern state. Can't recall if it was Arkansas or Alabama. And they did a raid in there and basically pulled out several hundred illegals that were working in there. And the next day, or within a reasonable period, the line around the block for Americans that wanted to work there was endless. But the thing was, is they could pay these illegals below market value. They could pay them below what would be a reasonable wage. If it was a $20 an hour job, they were able to get a paint 10 and it's cheap labor to them. That's why we've seen little or no progress with illegal immigration, regardless of Republicans and, and uh, Democrats' narratives. We've seen administration after administration speak out against it, but then we turn around and we see these loosey goose laws that allowed it to fester and continue. Many of these politicians have that poultry plant in their backyard. And I point the finger at fellow conservatives who've allowed it and enabled it because if they truly wanted to stop it, they would have. So as much as the Biden administration has exploited this situation beyond words and we're all stunned and it's so flagrant, it has been what? 15, 20 years of your and my lifetime that we're aware of, it has been a great battle cry on election day, but little or nothing has happened until Trump got in office and started actually enforcing the laws. He was probably the first president to actually be so aggressive with it. But many, many the establishment, Democrat and or Republican, have enabled this because there have been profiteers off of this cheap labor. And it's tragic because the human trafficking, the fentanyl, the drug abuse, everything that has destroyed human life is a contradiction to life is sacred. It has become a contradiction to this very strong anti-abortion movement that's out there now, a strong narrative against our God, because it is immoral to abuse people and and yet our own government is allowing it to happen with the daily death of migrants trying to cross that Rio Grande to get in here illegally. Some powerful comments coming from Gunnery Sergeant Jesse Jane Duff. Earlier, we were talking about fentanyl and the CDC coming out just this week that 108,000 nearly, it's 107,000 and close to that, died last year in America of overdose deaths. That is sadly a historic high. And 93% of fentanyl seizures, because a lot of this is tied to fentanyl, are happening at our southwest border. So what is the role of the border playing with fentanyl and also the role of China? China's had a great influence on being able to traffic their illegal drugs through the United States and utilizing the drug cartels to do it. The Americans have essentially enabled the drug cartels to profit off of these loose border policies, drug abuse to be rampant throughout our nation. I cannot stress enough, when you have 100,000 plus Americans dead from overdoses, that's not even 
discussing the number of homeless people that you and I see every single day that are on the sides of roads because of the drug abuse that has impacted their lives. Many of these people are essentially walking zombies. 100,000 dead does not count how many are homeless and now have resorted to lifting out of stores to survive and shoplifting and or if you look at the streets in Los Angeles, they look like a third world country in some sections that just overloaded with homeless that seems to get ignored. You have in San Francisco, in the Tenderloin, an area where open drug use has now been made legal because of some liberal ideology that we want to help these people. We want to ensure that they're not dying alone, that we're there to stop them from overdoses. But then they have the audacity to try to sue, to take to court, to stop suspected drug users from going into the tenderloin, and a judge overturned it and said you cannot stop freedom of travel with speculation. Boils down to this, San Francisco, you enabled this. You're surprised that drug pushers are trying to get into the area where you have open drug use? You made it right for this. These good intentions that they seem to think are good have created nothing but debauchery, hardship, homelessness, public defecation and urination, public drug use. There is not one positive thing that has resulted of this. So the 100,000, may they rest in peace, but behind them, I guarantee, are over a million that have become addicted, that are just waiting a death sentence because our society has allowed this to fester right under our noses. Every day I see homeless camps throughout where I'm at. I'm staying in California helping my parents every single day. And somebody said, well, that's just California. No. I'm in Washington, D.C., it's right near the Capitol. This is a problem that's impacting almost every community because of the liberal left trying to enable and allow homelessness to exist within your communities, that they put that money into investing into rehabilitation programs, stopping illegal drug use, making it illegal. Like many countries that we have out there that do not have this problem, it is illegal to publicly use. Pretty simple. Yeah, it is stunning. And yet this administration, for some reason, doesn't want to draw attention to the border. They don't want to draw attention to drug use. They don't want to draw attention to crime. How do we fix this? And especially how do we clamp down as we brought up China? They don't seem to be wanting to clamp down on China. They don't seem to be wanting to clamp down on Mexico. And these are two folks central to what's happening with fentanyl. So some of the things that can help fix it, pay close attention to your local sheriff's races. Local sheriffs are probably your first line of defense against a lot of this debauchery, and many of them are very equipped and capable of dealing with the homeless camps. They are very clear in enforcing the law. Many of them will eradicate a lot of the drug use communities because they will enforce the law. Pay close attention to that. In Ventura County, there was one candidate that I remember standing out to me because he actually had a very strong plan to deal with the homeless crisis. There isn't a one size fits all. But to ignore the trash and all of the other human waste to build up, it's a human crisis, health crisis when this happens. China, we've done little or nothing. China 
China is not profiting off of Americans illegally and legally. The trade crisis that we're experiencing, everything has gone right back to China, including the COVID virus. So I would just dare to say we can't get to the elections quick enough. Ensure that you're electing people that will crack down on the border, number one. We'll crack down on trade policies with that we ensure that we don't have the highest tax rate. For our businesses, corporate tax rate is one of the highest in the world. Right here in the United States, Joe Biden wanted it to be 27%. Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know if he got that in place or not. But it's higher than that in China and in Europe. So what's going on here? You're driving business out of this country, handing it over so that your products can be built and developed when you have American workers here that need those jobs. So again, it goes back to elections, getting engaged, ensuring that your local sheriffs are people that you can support. Don't sit back and say you cannot do anything because there is something you can do, whether it would be supporting a local candidate by doing the flyers, by doing phone calls, while knocking on doors. If you're incapable of doing that, write an op-ed, speak out, do things because right now it's not going to get fixed immediately. But we cannot give up hope because all of this can be fixed. All of this can be changed. But it's up to us as Americans to look at that hill and not say how to, oh my gosh, it's so tall, but to start climbing. Take a step. Quit standing there looking at it going, it's too much. Because if you don't climb that hill, you will never get to the top. But you will get to the top. And when you get to the top, you will be escalated at how much you have accomplished. But standing at the bottom of that hill and complaining is not going to solve anything. We all must take part. We must support those candidates that we know can turn this back around. But silence is consent, people. Silence is not what we need to do. And we have to hold our elected leaders accountable. Those letters matter. Those letters to them matter. Handwritten, albeit, even if it's auto email, that everybody says, well, it's an identical thing. Well, guess what? When you get 500 auto emails from your constituents, you know that they're complaining. So do something. Stay involved. Now, speaking of involved, and I can't let you go before I talk about the Supreme Court justices because people are getting very involved. And in fact, there's a federal law that says you shouldn't be protesting outside somebody's home. And yet we've already seen in the last few weeks now lots of protesters coming outside the homes of a number of justices, so much so that that's a huge security concern in a big, big way. What's your reaction to that? And what do you say to those folks? Because I'm all for peaceful protests, as you and I are talking about, but it's when it comes to somebody's house and it interferes with their neighborhood and their family. That, to me, is over the top. Shame on Merrick Garland. Shame on him. Shame on him for turning a blind eye. His enforcement should be taking place. This is an issue for the FBI. He has turned a blind eye to it. It is unacceptable. And yet this man that was supposedly supposed to be a Supreme Court justice himself, who was robbed of the opportunity, these protests outside of the homes are intimidating, and they're designed to intimidate. They know exactly what they're doing. And we also know that in Virginia, there is a state law that it is not supposed to happen. And I would say, Governor Glenn Youngkin, you need to ensure that even if you feel that something cannot be prosecuted, they're arrested anyway. I dare to say, had the right got outside of Judge Brown Jen's home, they would have arrested us in seconds flat to protest her nomination and approval to the Supreme Court. 
Had they done it to RGB when she was alive, we would have been arrested in 10 seconds flat. I dare to say that the White House has been very, very soft-spoken about this. They initially said we support peaceful protests. Then they had to come out and say we shouldn't be doing this. But it all was with a wink and a nod. There was no admonition of what they were doing. There was zero accountability by the White House. And it goes right back to the Department of Justice, goes right back to Merrick Garland for their inability to stand up for what is right. They want to flood this court. They would love to saturate it with more justices. They are upset that they don't have the advantage, so they think right now. We both know, tried to just pass a law that you could have abortion all the way up to the last minute to circumvent the Supreme Court. I have never, ever, ever in my life felt this much disgust in the left, because I know many Democrats out there, and I can only say it amazes me to the ends in which they have gone. The means to their ends has become brutal. It has become toxic. It has become inflammatory and hostile. This is not the type of politics you and I remember from just maybe even 10, 15 years ago. It's changed and it's scary and it's divisive. Yeah, and I am worried because obviously, listen, this is just the draft, of course, of the opinion, but who knows where it's going to go. And of course, a lot can happen between now and November. Nuance thinks peaceful. I'm all for First Amendment, but when it gets to someone's home or if it gets out of hand, that's Elected where... Elected officials should never be having that type of hostility outside of their own home, let alone our Supreme Court. That's why it's written into a federal law. It's also written into a law that they are not to protest in churches, and that was written into the law when the abortion rights passed where we could not protest outside of clinics within a certain number of feet. So to make it a balanced law, they ensured that they could not protest within our churches. What did the left do? They showed up in the churches. I dare to say there were no arrests. Yeah, we need to make sure that things stay safe and people can speak out, but they do it respectfully and not in sacred places or people's homes or churches. I agree with you. Gunnery Sergeant Jesse Jane Duff, thank you so much for all you do, first of all, to keep our nation safe. And of course, your great service to our country in and out of uniform. Well, Rita, you're a national hero. Love listening to you. You always have such awesome shows. You're a great person for all Americans to listen to. You're fair, you're balanced, and you're concerned, and you love our country and God. Thank you, and I know you do too. Thank you so much for joining us. Have a great evening, everybody. And everybody, I'll be back soon with another great edition of Protecting America. And of course, you can catch me every weeknight, 10 p.m. to midnight, on the legendary WABC Radio. This is Rita Cosby, and thanks for all you do to protect America.